Welcome to Pickle Me This, the officially unofficial podcast for Rick and Morty on Cartoon Network's Adult Swim. I'm your host, Jim. And I'm Aaron. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Today, we're covering Season 4, Episode 2, The Old Man and the Seed. Here's Aaron with the recap. Jerry develops an alien app with Rick's alien intern that has disastrous results amongst Earthlings looking for love. One of those Earthlings is Summer Smith, who finds five different soulmates in as many hours. Beth sees it as her sworn duty to protect Summer from these terribly unsuitable suitors. Morty is forced to team up with Jerry to stop the aliens before they can steal our precious water supply while Earth is distracted by romance run amok. Meanwhile, Rick has more important matters to attend to, hunting down and destroying the man who is shitting in his private shitter. All right, Aaron, what'd you think of this episode? The Old Man in the Seat. Uh, I thought this was a great episode. I was very amused. Um, some of these uh, some of these Rick and Mortys get workshopped more on Harmontown than others, and I feel like there's been several years of discussion of people's pooping habits and and how they like to poop and whether they're stand-up <laughs> wipers, and this all went into this episode. I thought... One of the hardest things I've laughed at Rick and Morty ever has been the two-stage fart bomb. <laughs> I love it. That yeah. Rick drops on poor Tony with the poop middle finger finish. <laughs> like, that is just bravo. Uh, I, I was thinking, like, being in a writer's room and people, like, trying to one-up each other and what yeah. this could be. Uh, I Yeah, I thought it was I thought it was super... The, the premise is super funny. There's a lot of big stars contributing voice talent, which is fun. Um the 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 art direction on Rick's commode world I thought was beautiful and amazing and mm-hmm. almost an avatar kind of I I don't want to leave that that world kind of way. What do you think? Uh, I get a little bit of dissent here. I think this is a little this this episode feels rushed or a little messy or something to me. And I think it has to do with there being essentially three plots and A, B, and C. Mm, they, we yeah, don't they, get a lot in they Rick don't and Morty. Do that a lot because it's a twenty two minute show and it's hard mm. to pack in that much story. Right. Um. So to me, it felt a little bit messy. Um. And then I think the end, they're going for some kind of uh auto erotic assimilation chaos chaos moment mm. uh, that they don't quite get to. And I don't know how you fucking could because that. That moment with that chaos, chaos song is so fucking just devastating that I don't know you can ever match it. Yeah. And when they try, I'm always comparing it to that moment, going, "Hmm, did they hit? Did they hit Rick as hard in this moment? Did Rick hit himself as hard?" Yeah. Uh, and the answer is no. And so I come away thinking, mm, "Maybe they shouldn't have gone for that moment." But I if- overall, I I found it it quite funny. Uh, obviously, you know fairly insightful into a lot of modern day stuff with the, this app that they create uh, as Rick and Morty, as you'd expect from Rick and Morty, right? Yeah. I mean, that stuff is really clever. Like the critique of apps and then like the whole, what would bring uh, a, a runaway success app down and like a, yeah. a doomsday scenario is just embed intrusive ads on it. And everybody uh-huh. just rage quits it. Like <laughs> I, I love it. I, I wonder if they thought that they were setting themselves up a, um, a, uh, Rick, sim- what was it? The Rick simulation? Oh, auto erotic, auto erotic assimilation. Yeah, yeah. auto erotic, erotic. No, they, I don't think they were. 
no, they were doing that at the time. They had Rickle and Time before that. Uh, but yeah, I uh, I wonder if they thought that they were putting up that kind of moment because you're right. It it doesn't obviously build to that because this is like a, a long term love affair Rick had with her growing up and leaving him behind and him realizing that like, Oh my God, if I can't make it with this person, who, who could I possibly, you know, make it with versus a frenemy that he made over sharing a toilet seat, which, which, you know, was basically a mirror. I, I think on it all, himself. Yeah. I think it, it, it goes for it and it gets somewhere around and that's where there, it is. But like, not so quite there. Like his realization of like all this time and effort he spent on pushing this person away rather than yeah. like, you know, Hey, look, this is a buddy that understands me. And, you know, like all the things Rick could do, Rick could create a fruity land for this guy where, yeah. you know, he could have his own private virtual shitter. He could just, uh, you know, create and, another planet. And he does, right? He does create that kind of like, kinda, except for now it's a, like, he's taken his own. It's, it's almost like, uh, um, Rick, this is him cutting his nose off to spite his face. Yeah. Like he's so against sharing the special place that he desecrates it. Like this mm-hmm. guy dropped what a total of four turds in there. Yeah, maybe. And, and Rick's willing to burn this thing down over that exclusivity. And now he sits on this eternal throne of judgment of himself because uh, all the things yeah. he says about Tony apply. Obviously, and I think himself. he knows it. Like he's sitting there, right? Yeah, he's sitting there taking it. He's doing it to himself. He deserves it yeah. at the end because, yeah, he thinks he deserves it. But there is an emotional thing. Like it's it's a lot more inferred than like explicitly spo- uh, spelled out. I think. And I mean, just the craft, the art of what they did in that autoerotic assimilation episode is so on point. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then he, I will say that like this is like even if they match the emotional tone of that, the fact that it's already been done before yes. means like you know you 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 probably have to like hit it 125 percent to get the same kind of reaction. Yeah. Some housekeeping for this week. Over at Swizzbold.com, Cecily and I are debuting One Weird Trick. It's Cecily and I's new lifestyle and advice podcast. We do a bit of an intro, then give some advice on dealing with nosy coworkers and losing your religion. On Bald Move Television, Alexis and Cecily are covering his dark materials, a.k.a. that one HBO show where the creepy menacing chick just can't stop spanking her monkey. Also, Jim and I talked to Mandalorian last week. Check it out. Bald movies, really busy time. Last week, we talked about Ford Ferrari, a very masculine, macho show. Uh, this week, we'll be talking about A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Can Aaron make it through without sobbing like Donald Glover being sung the Reading Rainbow theme by LeVar Burton? Find out on the Bald Movies feed. This week's episode, Mr. Robot dropped a bombshell on the origins of the robot himself. If you're still reeling from the aftermath, come discuss it with us on 2-Bit Encryption. And of course, we're still getting weird with the Watchmen over on We Do. If any of these podcasts sound interesting, just go to baldmove.com and check them out, or search for the show name wherever you listen to your podcasts. All right, let's get into the episode. I thought we could talk about the A plot, what I'm calling the A plot, uh, the ass plot, uh, the old man in the sea seat, the ass plop. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it's be- uh, summer. Uh, tells us that Rick's a shy pooper and he has a secret pooping place. I wonder how people became aware of that and how some how people know about yeah. his secret, secret pooping place. Huh. If he's a shy pooper. That's a good question. Did he take Summer through the portal to show her? I don't know. Is there... Did she like, sneak through? Yeah. Did she overhear a private conversation he had? Did he confide in a drunken stupor? Like uh, any of those things could have happened. This is basically if if Rick were Superman, and he kind of is. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is Fortress of Solitude, but it mm-hmm. also has like a Batcave in it. Yeah, which to me was them saying like Rick is the ultimate superhero. 
yeah, slash villain. I don't know. Yeah, you're right. He's got the bo- the best of both worlds. It's it's uh, interesting that like I there is something appealing to you because I don't I don't think I'm a, a shy pooper. Um, it's not like I proudly shit in public, but you know, it's like uh, it's a, it's a bodily function, and uh, we've uh-huh. all been there. So, uh, I think there is something appealing to the fact that he's got this commode set up in this pristine, uninhabited world where you know he gets to shit with this glorious look of either this the 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 dawn, the dusk or the dawn, and yeah. there's no walls. There's mm-hmm. nothing. There's he's there, pooping right into a pristine like stream. I think as we're supposed to understand. Uh, <laughs> I like that. There's like this touch of like a floating step. So like even his approach to the throne is like cushiony and a relaxed, comforting experience. I like how he washes his hands afterwards in this mm-hmm. little waterfall. Like this. Yeah, it's yeah. very serene. Like, very... like this is what he needs to do to feel clean. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, his total, like, how quickly he flies into a tizzy finding this, like, broken twig, and he does this ridiculous reverse digestion extrapolation. Um, there's a lot of, like, funny things, like, when he goes off on this quest to find the rogue pooper, where he, you know, finds this this BLT sandwich that's served up in this frog diner. I love the frog, like, when he walks in, the frog dialogue is all just kind of ribbit, 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 ribbit. You're like, and, and then... And then when he walks by, they go, "Hey, ribbit, ribbit, ribbit." Yeah, yeah, like they, it's like, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's weird. Like, I don't know. Like, they understand the word "hey" or, uh. yeah. It, I just thought it was a funny moment. And then like, uh, you know, he tries to lean tough on this fly boss, and he's like, oh, "I have one child, I got eight hundred thousand, and then he's got four hundred seventy thousand voicemails where Rick has yeah. abducted all, like half of his children." Mm-hmm. Uh, then that goes off to he's got to fi- find a delivery drone that's f- off fighting the robot wars. I loved how the delivery bot is has written deliverance over his like model name. Um, huh. And they're fighting this doomed war against the crocodile people. Cro- are they crocubots or is crocubot a person? I like think, a specific croc yes, robot? Yes, because these crocs didn't look bot. They looked like they were wearing like armor maybe. Okay. But they weren't. And like the one croc that like grabbed him and menaced him, the, the, the named croc uh, didn't sound like the crocubot had the very, you know, robot mm-hmm. tone. And this guy, I don't know what he's like. He's like like a coxney australian yeah he's like an australia which hmm i guess is that a commentary on like the mix-up between alligators and crocodiles oh maybe yeah like I've... if they were australian they would be crocodiles don't right. call us alligators or something. yeah 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 there's the there's, there's the little muddy crocodile versus alligator accent um yeah. i love the the war of the four what i call the war of the four chips where you know, this crocodile swallows the one part of the chip that he needs to reconstruct this robot's memory and the incredible gruesome way he has of killing all these people. Oh, yeah. He he impales one and then pulls it so its body rips apart and then the cable yeah. that he attaches to that other one. Just, just skins, like, degloves their entire body. Uh. And then he's got, like, Rick... What I love about Rick is, like, he's got so many ways to do mass destruction. You know, he's got neutron bomb, bombs. He's got Iron Man suits armor. Now we see, like, some kind of Cyclops device with an impenetrable field that he goes to, mm-hmm. to destroy these people. Um, and then he finally catches up with Tony. There's so many great jokes in here, too. He catches up with this guy named Tony who's trying to get over the grief of losing his wife to cancer with the ultimate toilet and Rick pulling his identical self from another dimension where his wife didn't die yeah. to prove that he is secret pooping in one of those Rick's toilets. It's like, don't lose your dead wife, isn't it? Oh, man. <laughs> it's uh, That leads up to the ass bomb with the shit middle finger finish. Mm-hmm. 
Um, there's also and this, this whole... is where the episode gets like start starts to turn right from just pure yeah. comedy and the chase to something to say there's, about Rick. There's some pathos here, yeah, because uh, he's having this like private party in his poop cave where he's deleting all these specimens. So it's back to him again, and this guy shows up. And there's this this dialogue about it. he's saying that you know shy pooping is just a pointless attempt to control an angry hostile universe, uh-huh. and we can continue to fight the universe control. We can be free. And at this point, Rick had donned the giant battle suit that's essentially just a giant version of himself. And uh, I I loved his response to that, which is basically, oh yeah, you're right, we should be free. And he just sits on Tony on the toilet. Okay, here's where the episode gets a little messy okay. for me. I don't understand, and maybe I'm just not paying close enough attention. I don't understand how they get from that to the Globofin stuff. I yeah, like I guess he Those smothers him with his do ass. Do not connect to me at all. He smothers him with his ass. Yeah. Um, and then and then I, next thing you know, he's being pulled out of a sack of Globofin. Yeah, like like Rick has this matrix of people that he is giving this this drug that, as he says, bridges the part of your brain that uh what is it the part of your brain that uh wants something with the part of your brain that has stuff to make you like have these very customized fantasy heavens yeah but he does it just to be like i guess these are these are bags full of people who have meddled in his life but that he doesn't want to kill doesn't want to kill so he just puts them in here mm-hmm. it's it's i yeah they don't connect that um, but it's also some kind of weird like vengeful god thing that you could buy to rick would do oh absolutely yeah yeah all I needed was to understand how his ass gets him to that place. Yeah. And I also... I put did, it was hilarious when Giant Rick sits on him. <laughs> I loved it. I love the like the heaven where he goes to see his dead wife and he confesses he got in a strap on porn and she thinks that's hot and God's pooping and he's encouraged, you know, the, the little dance that <laughs> God's doing in the, in the toilet. toilet. Yeah. And like, <laughs> then there's this scene where you're, you're outside the Matrix and he's in his little bag and does he spin around as in it like a subconscious attempt to kill himself? I Is think that, so. Like he's, and then like Rick mm-hmm. denies him that death or was that the like rick was waiting for him to get to that point um oh hadn't considered that option because he, he he's he's waiting on it because as soon as he starts to be in distress rick goes and saves him and then like you know says this is your your last chance mm-hmm. um but i don't know because like then rick goes on this insane fantasy where he's makes a the world's the the universe's strongest uh version of x-lax candy uh-huh. and then he rigs his toilet with some kind of device and he goes to give surprises friend tony with that and turns out tony has been spending the last f- few moments living his best life and he ends up dying on space mount everest <laughs> and uh this sends rick into a tailspin uh, spin um that yeah. involves him giving tony's dad eight billion dollars a device to clone his son sort of the knowledge and then some universes tony becomes amongst the most evil people in the galaxy yeah where are they like there's there's some kind of i don't because the, the guy asserts that he's a friend of rick's and rick denies it and i don't think he i don't think rick ever considered him a friend but rick is also bummed out that the guy's de- dead yeah i can't quite figure it out because i know rick does have friends sure right? like the bird person was a friend Squanchy is a friend. Uh, yeah, what what are they getting at here? I mean, obviously, it's it's part of that is Rick drives people away from him, mm-hmm. and he does so very intentionally, uh, and, and even understands what he's doing, but he doesn't change. But mm-hmm. are they going for more than that? I don't know. Um, but 
regardless that the end the 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 end that they they arrive at tracks with rick's arc where you know this is a device to ruin tony's enjoyment of his toilet and then it's now directed at him yeah this whole experience with tony has ruined his enjoyment of his own toilet yeah because he now sits on a throne of loneliness where a thousand versions of him (laughs) scream and taunt at him the king 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 of of shit. shit He's the big bad doo doo daddy, the saddest man in the whole universe. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's good. It's great. Um, you know, we, the thing is, we're we're still seven seasons away from seeing some real, probably character development uh, from Rick. So, yeah. like, w- you know, what what does this what what does this mean in the context of like the, as you say, the chaos chaos scene? Um, we'll we'll see we'll see. Uh, let's move on to the B plot, which are the adventures of Jerry and Morty. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was pretty funny because I thought that they were going to have this like episode long seduction of, of Jerry, you know, uh, developing the app, but in Jerry, typical Jerry fashion, it didn't take, but five seconds of seduction to get him on board with it. Yeah. Uh, This is maybe a little bit messy too. In my opinion, like this episode requires that Rick not explain. Well, but he does that. I I, I don't know if he, it requires him to not explain why you don't develop an app with this Mm -hmm. intern, Mm -hmm. but it certainly leans on that. Yeah. Uh, Jerry would probably have a much longer journey to agreeing to do this app, if not for the fact that Rick just refuses to explain anything. And they lampshade it by saying, oh, he's too lazy to explain it. Right. I think that's just an easy way to get into what is an overly stuffed episode already without having to lead into it gradually. It's possible, but on the other hand, this is Jerry who eats Rick's cereal cereals, even though like they have a random chance of having someone come beating the eyeballs out of you, and like he's had so many of these lessons taught to him, <laughs> and here's another like like if Rick said, "All right, Jerry, uh, if you develop this app, uh, these aliens gonna come and steal all of our water and they'll kill us all." Like yeah, this, like th- that I don't think adds, but maybe one more hurdle for the alien to have Jerry leap to to get him to develop the app because Jerry's just that fucking. <sighs> he's not just a stupid man baby; he's a willful stupid man baby. Uh-huh. Like if Rick said he couldn't do it, then even by more God, so he's going now to. that he's been accepted back into the family, right? Yeah, he's like it looks like that has not changed him. He's now just more bold in his stupidity. Yeah. Well, and it's also it's like um, it's funny because like Beth does seem like she's still turned the corner on their relationship or taking what it is, but like yeah. she also when she doesn't know she's talking about Jerry is like super biting and cutting about like love finders with two R's and a Z. Uh-huh. It's like it's this app with a really dumb, uncreative, super sweaty name that our daughter's <laughs> falling for. I I fucking love it. Yeah. Um, I also love uh, Sam Neill's dialogue as the king or the the emperor of the Mon uh, Mon. What is it? Monogatron. Yeah. Um, how he says that you know that you primitive uh, humans are devalue love because you think it's 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 scarce and you're trained to seek but not maintain. But the tragedy is that love is as abundant as water, and you know what isn't water? That shit runs out. <laughs> like <laughs> I fucking love it when they do these uh, these these monologues that like undercut their own like uh, uh, what do you call it metaphor. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 this is like a, a, a Harmon trademark, but it, it never, never seeks or never fails to land with me. Yeah. It uh, seems like, you know, this whole storyline where, you know, Rick, or sorry, Jerry makes this app um, and it causes everyone on the planet to go insane with trying to find love in any given moment. Uh, and they have to go shut it down. That whole thing seems to track with like 
online dating apps and the sort of ease with which you can find someone who might be a potential partner now. And that just sort of accelerates the whole process, right? Well, no, and it is fucked up because you've heard so many stories about like, you know, otherwise happy husbands or wives. They just, you know, get on a dating app just because they're oh, just curious or whatever. And then they get in and, you know, it's like the idea that someone else matches with you that might be happy, mm-hmm. you might be happy with is... The, the cause for you to throw i don't know I, I don't know how i feel about that because like i guess my worldview is like well if you're super happy and content then that shouldn't happen to you like what happens with a lot of yeah. people is they just fucking settle and then their strategy for maintaining content is just to not you know make sure that they're blissfully unaware of any better possibilities like i don't know it's like it's like going to a buffet right yeah you got you got all these foods spread out in front of you are you just gonna get the mac and cheese or are you going to do a little sample of everything, right? And that's mm-hmm. kind of what I view that dating app as. Like yeah. you're you're sort of encouraged by those apps not to be a monogatron, right? Right. Uh, to, but to go out and sample all the dishes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then but but at some point like the idea is you will you will pick one that you like the most and you'll maybe order that as an entree, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it doesn't seem like the app is encouraging that. Right. Um but the I, hmm. I'm trying because I'm trying to think of like what the species thesis is then because that's the other thing that's that's kind of muddy as the show is that um, the monogatrons don't have a point because their relationships are just as shitty as ours. Right. Yeah. They undercut that with the argument that him and his wife have. Yeah. Like the second they hit, like they, yeah. they don't have any troubles in life because they just go around marauding and pillaging from lesser civilizations, but they hit a bump in the road and suddenly they're at each other's throats. So right. Like what. You know, what is the... I mean, is that a shot of monogamy? Is that what they're going for? I don't know. I don't know. I think it's like... uh, There's nothing wrong with informed monogamy. Like, you know... um, (laughs) Sure. You know, if you go out there and... Hot take here. (laughs) Nothing wrong with monogamy. (laughs) There's nothing wrong... Aaron Hubbard. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with monogamy. (laughs) I I do feel like that there is something about, like, you know, like, like... if you, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Because like here, there's nothing wrong with the way anyone does relationships. What I guess the problem is, is you got a lot of people who um, seem like they make promises to people without like reading the fine details of the contract, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they sign in it's like, Oh, and then it's like, Oh shit. I, I have to repay this loan over the course of seven years. And it's actually going to cost me this, this $30,000 car is going to cost me 45,000. What is this bullshit? And you know, whereas if you read the fine print and you're, you went into that with open eyes and that's one thing, but, but I don't know. I think like I would state it as there's nothing wrong with any healthy relationship because mm. like, Healthy relationships can come in all forms, and right. so can fucked up relationships. So, yeah. like, it doesn't matter if it's monogamous, yeah. polygamous, if it's men, women, non-binary people. Like, yeah. what the fuck ever? Yeah. It's just like, how how healthy is that relationship? How you know do you maintain it? And I think yeah. like, well, I'm tempted. I'm, I'm tempted to say it's like you know, if you're in a relationship just because you can't, you think you can't do better, that's pretty fucked up. But that's probably everyone's. Like if you know you thought you could do better, mm-hmm. you probably would have held out until you did, right? Yeah, probably. So like, and that's the other realization is like you know there isn't this like whole soulmate like love of your life one person. The reality is there's <laughs> probably tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people that you're uh, compatible with all of the world. You just have to pick one and then yeah. stop looking. It's I, I, I yeah I, I don't have any grand unif- unified theory of love is what I'm saying. Yeah, and I don't think 
Harmon and, and Royland do either, uh, as evidenced by this this episode. Um, and then I also like the idea that like, uh, cause usually in space type of sci-fi stuff, there's like guns are like everywhere. Everyone's got sidearms oh, yeah. and everything, but this is like a society created love. It's like, they, they only have like maybe one gun in the entire starship. And they got to bring it up from yeah. the back so, of the is ship. Is someone bringing the gun or are we just at the mercy <laughs> of these monkeys that hit us with our, their fists? Yeah. That was a really like low key funny moment of the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then just, um, the, the continued mortification of Jerry. Um, <laughs> my God, this guy, uh, you know, like last season, his son and daughter told him that they thought he was an idiot and, you know, he's an embarrassment and joke. And he gets this uh, this lesson imparted to him at the end of this one again, you know, where Morty's like, stop fucking up. I wonder if this season's going to be about the kids breaking up with Jerry. Huh. You know, because the kids were okay. always stressed out about Jerry being gone, and Beth was always the one, like, oh, God, this guy. Now it seems like Jet Beth is on board, at least temporarily, but the kids are increasingly like, give me a fucking break. Yeah, especially Summer in this episode. She's v- really asserting her independence here mm-hmm. um, with who she's going to date, how many she's going to date, all that stuff. And it, and it, you know, riles up Beth mm-hmm. to the point where she threatens to mother her into the ground. <laughs> yeah. But Beth is like true blue because um, yeah. I don't know is, is Ted Danson and that a new silver fox sex symbol after his work on oh, Fargo yeah. and and The Good Place? Yeah, okay. absolutely. She matched up with Ted Danson and is not taking the bait. Yeah, hmm. I wonder why. Absolute certainty I mean, that she can do better. And <laughs> she's been through the whole uh, interdimensional cable experience. Also, I guess like, she's just seen how this app matches up with summer with an increasingly improbable list of suitors like I, right I really, she'll get to ted danson's house and ted danson will have run off with jonah hill i right i don't know yeah like, yeah, yeah yeah so i guess maybe because i'm I'm looking for cracks in this relationship because they're all over the place like what's what's finally going to be the thing that breaks it apart yeah and and how will that not be just like retread retreading the, new territory the non-clone beth will come back yeah and kill herself things they're right yeah yeah um, I did also like the scene of like, uh, like being at the church for the marriage and like the, 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 the priest can't even get off officiating <laughs> because there's all these people with all these different crazy uh-huh. conveyances coming in and the priest himself gets, gets shanghaied by a construction worker. It's pretty great. Uh, is the priest's name Reese Witherspoon? Oh, I didn't even catch that there was, they were doing something jokey with his name. I think they said either Reese Witherspoon or Priest Witherspoon, and I couldn't oh, tell. Oh, Priest Witherspoon would be really funny. Yeah, yeah, Priest Witherspoon. Uh, and I guess we should talk about the stinger because it's it's the the finale of Jerry's plot where right. he accidentally takes that fantasy heaven drug, and his fantasy is he becomes a big strong water delivery guy. Uh huh. That 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 fills up all the thirsty women. Is it just? Oh, is this like a Phil Hartman kind of in Jingle All the Way kind of thing? I with his cookies. Oh, it's like what it, it matches up with what because it's not it's not heaven, right? It just matches your longing section of your brain with the things that you have section of the brain, and like is the thing that yeah. Jerry has in the household is he's the guy that lifts the water bottle up because it's so fucking su- summer and Beth don't have the upper body strength and Rick and uh-huh. Morty can't be bothered. And this is the one little thing of <laughs> sunshine that Beth gives him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it could be, it's, it's just another layer of patheticness. Yeah. Um, and then C plot is Beth mothering the shit out of summer. Uh, the thing I thought was really funny is, uh, S- uh, summer trying to pull the, like, 
uh, I'm being assaulted. You know, like yeah. your your parents, like I, I you know, like the. I wonder if every kid has wondered about that. Like, I have the power to like accuse my parent of not being my parent, and like mm-hmm. that's a that's a trump card that has no answer. But like, oh my god, once the once the the confusion has been resolved, it's got to be our it's got to be oh, game yeah. over, right? Like yeah, yeah. whatever the worst punishment you're going to get from your parents, you'll get it right then and there. Uh-huh. Um, you're playing the short game, <laughs> yeah. But but Beth Beth uh, hitting back with the statutory rape. <laughs> She's screaming assault, <laughs> rape. And then the guy in the motel is like saying like nobody cares. Yeah. Like if we're like we're in a motel, what do you what do you think that's going to happen? Um, so I don't know. Uh, then they have the fight on the airport. That's that's pretty funny. And mm-hmm. then the app gets destroyed by intrusive ads, like they do so many times. Yep. Um, and uh, I don't know. That's there's also something that like. Yeah, you're right. This is a kind of messy episode because why is Beth taking a hang glider? Like, why does she just drive? Like, all, these other people are losing their mind on love and all that. But like, man, what's I wouldn't Beth's be surprised reason? if next episode they retcon a lot of this with like maybe they add some stuff to it or or whatnot that maybe explain some of this because yeah, it cause seems the, the uncharacteristically Beth, messy to me. The Beth hang gliding thing, it's like, where did that come from? There was no... I mean, it's probably just Justin. Justin's like, have her come in on a fucking hang oh, glider. Oh, you know what? Because that's one of the things that they talked about that like Dan was just going to yeah. let Justin have so maybe these messy episodes are a result of like that. oh <laughs> I mean, because the thing is, is it doesn't... I don't think it takes anything away. And you also I'm get the just not accustomed finger. to it. I'm mm. very accustomed to the episodes being so internally consistent that yeah. there are no cracks. Yeah, like I need to see Beth getting on this paraglider and like launching herself <laughs> from a mountain to get to this. I, I need to and see. I need to know why she was. That's have a very it. Dan thing. But if he's like, you know what, fuck it, no one cares, and yeah. I, it's an interesting experiment because I think it'll work. We'll see. I think the the payoff would be better than the risk he's taken of offending uh, anal people like yourself and me. Uh, are, are the private poopers of the world worst episode of the season <laughs> not ever um, we now have two we have one to say it's the worst We're getting geared up for the 6th Annual Summer Badass Fest. And while we're working on a slate of apex badass films to enjoy, we've got an early action-packed announcement to make. Just like last year, we're kicking off Badass Season with a live movie watch and podcast recording. We've rented out a theater for connoisseurs of action films and bald move fans that just want to have a great time. Unlike last year, this year's movie is top secret. Hush, hush. No hints. Except, it's incredibly badass. It stars an absolute icon of the genre. We're willing to bet most of you haven't seen it, and it's going to be an incredible viewing experience with a packed house of bald movers. Those of you who came to last year's screening of Total Recall know what a party it was. And those of you who didn't, (laughs) now's your chance to experience it. Meet me and Jim. Order some custom movie-themed drinks at the theater's full bar. Then watch us record the full podcast for the movie. We reserved the venue over twice the size as last year, but seating is still limited. It's happening Friday, 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 June 21st at 7 p.m. in our hometown of Cincinnati. Get full details and buy tickets at baldmove.com slash live. 
Cincinnati's actually a pretty great city to visit, and we've got lots of details for side adventures on our event page as well. The Reds are playing the Boston Red Sox in their fantastic Riverside Stadium. The thrills of Kings Island just minutes away, and I'll be leading a kayak trip down the scenic Little Miami River on Saturday. Again, get full details and get your tickets now on our Badass Fest 6 page at baldmove.com slash live live. All right. Uh, now's the time where we consider some feedback from the old mailbag. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can send us feedback at rickandmorty at baldmove.com, or you can discuss it with your fellow fans on the forums at forums.baldmove.com. Uh, email of the week is from Randy. Really, really wants to take uh, Jerry to task here. Okay. Let's Recently, I've realized something. I hate Jerry. <laughs> In the beginning, I was always like, oh, Jerry, you're so dumb. But I never hated him. But then after the episode auto-erotic, assimilation when he was so mean to Beth and Rick and her relationship with her father. And you can see he only did it because he's a selfish dick and not because he genuinely cared. After that, he was just like, whatever, man. But then the season finale of season two, where they're on a small planet and Rick can hear them all talking. And Jerry again is yelling about Rick and Beth, uh, then says, because I don't want him to leave you asshole. He's not picking up on his wife's feelings at all. Then in season three, of course we get the worldly dirty conspiracy episode Anyway, after watching the first two episodes of the season, which have been amazing, I find myself actively hating Jerry. And I don't know if that's what they're going for. Or maybe they are, and I don't know. But also makes me start to dislike Beth because, my God, she's such a much stronger woman than we saw in this uh, ABC's of Beth episode. And her clinging to this sad man and letting him kind of run the house is just such a step back for her, and I don't get it. I'm wondering what you guys think. Yeah, she might be a clone, A. Yeah. Uh that is designed solely to do that. Also, um, it's part of her arc that she has to learn up to stand up to her old man. Yeah. You know, like that's like the one, you know, uh, that's how we learn to be independent from our parents is like, you got to rebel and stand up against them before you can stand up for anything else. And so it, it, it makes sense. And like, even Jerry being the catalyst of that would be kind of interesting. And I think it's messy in a good way. Like the, the idea that like she would need to stand up to her father her putting herself in a worse situation in order to do that mm-hmm. seems like a thing that a real human would do. And it's like a skill would... that she can use to later detach herself from the from Jerry, emotional yeah. squid cyclops that is that is Jerry. <laughs> right. I, I think it's just it makes a ton of sense. It's messy. It's not like storybook, but mm-hmm. it is real. Yeah, and and I think that uh, Jerry has fell into this situation where he got involved with this girl and they're entirely too young to do this but now he feels like he's won the lottery and he's trying to main the the you know he's terrified that she'll wake up one day and realize that he's a fucking idiot and he's got no redeeming qualities and she'll leave him and he and she did and he is and, and, and this, like and the, but the strategy to got him is he trapped her so he's always trying to trap her and like but any, he doesn't do anything intentionally that's the that's the ridiculous part is he's lucking into everything yeah like, he I don't think he intended like he fucking had a Snickers bar on his hand and so he kissed Beth and that led to Rick and, yeah, that's and that true. led to Morty. And he never and getting did, back together was all Beth. He like, was never gonna fight against Rick even when he thought Rick was gonna shoot him outside of the spacecraft. No. He wasn't going to assassinate Rick until someone asked him to, and then he felt like, Yeah. I you have license to hate Jerry. Jerry is a, a nothing of a human being. I like other than Rick, and you can make an argument, he's got the biggest personal hurdle because 
he hates himself. Mm-hmm. He doesn't see why anyone would value his own opinion, but he also has a weird, like, inflated superiority complex, like a wounded superiority yeah. complex. And, and and when that, whenever he is sort of accidentally uh, granted some kind of upper hand by the universe, uh-huh. he rubs that in people's faces. Which is massively like, overplays it because it's such yeah. a, he's like a little kid that's never, you know, got picked by basketball, sort of like, you know, most of us have he tried some to use kind that of as a club. I, yeah, yeah some, some of us have, have had a win or two before we're 40, so we learn how to, like, act, you know, uh-huh. whereas Jerry doesn't. And it's, I don't know, it's like watching a rake step on itself and hit itself in the face <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> like, it's this, but but you know what? It's also yeah. it's also super realistic because people get stuck in these abusive, shitty relationships mm-hmm. and they can't get out because it's comfortable, it's familiar, they feel like they're feeling, fulfilling a family duty and, you know... um, I'm curious to see what if if show will ever come down like one side or the other like you know is is who's the fault what's the deal are they ever going to be because we've seen instances where they are happy and mm-hmm. those instances um, always involve like some extreme situation and crucially the lack of Rick and Morty yeah you know summer they can they can have a happy stable relationship with summer in the picture mm-hmm. but every time we've seen them have like a stable uh, pairing it's always been in an absence of those other two guys so. We had 68 more episodes to find out. Yep. Uh, So join us at the Institute for Jerry Studies next week as we see the next episode. Oh, uh, before we go, we have uh, a fun little treat for everyone. Uh, We had one of the fun and interesting things we had had going on in season three uh, were all these different conversations we had with Rick and Morty fans uh, um, in and out of pop culture. And we talked to Gustavo Sarola of Rooster Teeth fame who joined us for... Um, was it the Tales from the Citadel episode? Yeah, it was. Um, last in, in season three, and we were going to talk to him on the Bald Move TV feed about his thoughts on Rick and Morty season four so far, and also his thoughts on uh, uh, the uh, new Disney Plus show, The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to be uh, recording that a little bit later this week and uh, uh, posting that in the Bald Move TV feed. So if you enjoy our conversations about Rick and Morty, if you enjoyed our conversations with Gus. Davo, uh, please join us back a little bit later this week on the Bald Move TV feed. Pickle Me This is distributed by Bald Move in association with Starburns Audio. It's produced by Jason Smith and Scott Porch from Starburns and myself, Manayron, from Bald Move. All music featured on this podcast is from the Rick and Morty soundtrack, available from Sub Pop Records. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. To discover the many other great shows we do, please check out baldmove.com and starburns.audio. If you appreciate what we do and want to directly support us, consider joining our club at club.baldmove.com to get access to exclusive bonus audio and video features. Finally, you can follow us on your favorite social media at Baldmove. See you next time.